Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of What's Stopping You with Kelsey Jones. I'm your host, Kelsey Jones, and today I'm joined by my dear friend and fellow podcaster, Nestle Mitchell. Nestle is 24 years old, living in Atlanta, host of the Not My Problem podcast, among so many other things. She'll tell you all about herself in the episode. But she, one thing that I've learned about her is that she is an incredible advice giver and she has a lot of life experiences. I feel like that she's been able to give me really great advice. So whenever I knew I wanted to do an advice episode where I could give y'all advice, I wanted to have her on because I knew she would bring a really great perspective to anything that y'all had to say. So I'm so glad I had her on the episode. We cracked a white claw and kind of gave y'all our unfiltered take on situations like finding friends and breakups and insecurities among so many other things so I know you'll love this episode I love doing episodes where it's kind of low-key and we just talk about things and very conversational and I know y'all do too so without further ado we'll hop into the episode and I hope y'all enjoy it hi Nestle how are you today I am doing fantastic how are you Kelsey Oh my gosh, fantastic. I don't think I'm doing fantastic, but like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm out here. How's how's it going? In, you're from Atlanta. How's it going in Georgia with the whole quarantine situation? It's not going well. Um, there's, there's a big spike. Um, They're not closing down the city. And I know like a lot of people that are getting tested positive because they wanted to live their best life like out at the bars. So it's it's rough. Yeah, it's about the same here, basically. They just closed down all the bars in Austin on Friday, and then I'm assuming in this next week, things are going to start, like, other things are going to start closing again, so we'll see. I don't know. Georgia was definitely the state that kind of decided to do whatever the hell they wanted to do, so... Exactly. I feel like Georgia was like, I'm going rogue. We're just going to do whatever we want to do. And now we're. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any life updates you want to share with people? Anything going on in your life? Exciting news you want to share? I turned 21. Yes. Happy belated birthday. Yes. Thank you. We cracked some white claws. What do you have? A different white claw today. I'm doing raspberries, spicing it up. (laughs) I got a tangerine claw if anybody cared. Probably not. It's a pretty good But white claws, very on brand for your podcast. Very on brand. But I am, I've been spicing it up this weekend because my coworker bought me three bottles of wine. Oh. So I'm like, I'll just go through these bottles of wine. But I was telling Kelsey before we recorded that I'm out of White Claws. I'm on my like last two. So I need to go get <laughs> White Claws as soon as this is over. Oh, what has quarantine done to us? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you were always, were you always this way? <laughs> Actually, okay. Backstory, Nestle's about to tell us who she is. So, <laughs> okay. So I've known Nestle since like, what do you say, March? What would you, would you say about yes, March? March. I would say yeah. March. So like we basically didn't know each other before quarantine. So were, were you always like this? Were you always a white claw addict or has quarantine exacerbated it? It has definitely exacerbated it because I never really drank white claws. I was always like a wine person and a cocktails Ooh. person, but I knew I couldn't do that day in and day out for the entirety of quarantine. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I need something like a little bit more chill I'm still getting my H2O white cloth. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. All right, so why don't you go ahead and now introduce yourself, tell people who you are, what you do, all those things. Okay, so my name is Nestle Mitchell. I'm a 24-year-old who was born and raised in New York City, but I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. By day, I'm a business systems analyst and I work at a Fortune 500 tech company. And then by night, I'm a podcast host. I host the Not My Problem podcast, which is centered around me just like talking about my unfiltered takes on life. It's pretty unorthodox. I just record and whatever comes to mind is what I say. (laughs) And when I'm not doing either one of those, I'm probably binge watching YouTube videos, makeup tutorials, and that has not helped my bank account during this um, Corona time. So that's been fun. And when I'm not (laughs) doing that, I am drinking as many White Claws as humanly possible. I currently counted and we're up to 700 white claws so okay my my jaw just dropped y'all should have seen that but my jaw just dropped wait so since when like what at what point did you start counting in quarantine or in your whole life so this is quarantine which doesn't make it any better oh no (laughs) 
<laughs> so it started off, I think like last month, I just had an epiphany. I was like, Nestle, you drink like a lot of a lot of White Claws. And I always buy them by the variety pack. So I did like a rough estimate of I usually buy three variety packs a week. And then I just started oh my God. buying it by however many weeks. The last time I checked, it's been 700. It's probably more than that. But I'm just going <laughs> to stick to 700. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This is why I needed to do this collab episode with you after I turned 21 so that we can talk about our impending alcoholism. Yes. Very on brand. Oh my gosh. Love it. Yes. Yes. So as y'all know, I've been trying to spotlight an organization every week that deserves our recognition, our support, whether that means you just learning about it and being able to talk to people about it or being able to donate to it, whatever that is. So since Nestle's on the pod this week, I thought she could go ahead and share an organization with us that she thinks deserves this recognition. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you've decided to talk about? Yeah, sure. So the organization that I decided to highlight is the Trevor Project. We're still in the month of June. And I think when this podcast episode comes out, it will be the last day of June. So that will be the end of Pride Month. And the Trevor Project is the leading um, national organization providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so if you want to support in any way, you can go to their site, thetrevorproject.org, and they have a, a tab that has numerous ways to get involved, um, whether whether it's signing up for email alerts, volunteering, donating, anything to help save the young LGBTQ lives. So that's what I have. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'll be sure to include all of that stuff in the description of the episode and where you can find Nestle. She'll plug herself at the end. But today I really just wanted to have a kind of casual conversation. A lot of y'all, I feel like throughout this whole journey of me podcasting, I've had a lot of People DM me asking for advice or just asking me questions or talking about how they went through a similar experience to me as something I've talked about on the podcast. And I feel like I just wanted to do an episode where I asked y'all if y'all needed advice and we could just share our unfiltered take on what we think that you should do in these situations. And Nestle is a little bit older than me, so I think she's kind of the mom of the podcast friend group. <laughs> and um, as I've talked about this before, she's one of the girls that is going to take on New York City with me. But she's already been around the block to New York City. But anyway, <laughs> we're yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh at me! Oh my gosh. <laughs> I always I I think about this all the time. I think as a native New Yorker, like my opinion on New York is so different from people who like moved to New York or aspire to move to New York, but I will always go back. I know our little podcast group, we're going to go to New York. We're going to do all the things. And I haven't been back in New York in like six years, but I will go back for you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's going to be so much fun. But anyway, she always gives the best advice whenever like something's going on in any of our lives. She's literally like the queen of advice giving. So I knew I didn't want to do this on my own. I wanted to do it with the white claw queen herself, Nestle. And yeah, we're just going to tell you all how it is. Some of these questions are really good, honestly. I think we got some really good, really good ones to talk about. A lot of good topics. Yeah, I'm super excited. Some of these I'm like, ooh, I have like a lot of opinions on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and just like dive in. This is going to be chill, be fun. I hope this is a good Tuesday episode for y'all. I don't know. But the first question that someone asked was advice on finding good friends which I feel like I've struggled with a lot just throughout my life. So if Nestle, you want to tell us what you think, I'll give my take too. Okay, I think we'll we'll give two different really good perspectives from this because the, I feel like it's different to find good friends in college and then finding good friends outside of college. I'm about two years post-grad. Um, so for me, I always think that you should find friends the same way that you would search for a relationship partner. I feel like everybody's very particular in what they look for in someone that they want to date. And I think you should also apply that to your friends. So finding people that have similar interests, similar passions, that allows you to create this baseline of friendship where you guys have something to talk about and sparks conversation and it's not super awkward. I am a big proponent of Bumble BFF. Oh I have met gosh. some of my... <laughs> I know it's like a hot take for some people. I, my coworkers are like, Nestle, you you met your your best friends on the internet. I'm like, yeah, like why not? <laughs> and I think it was really good because it allowed me to focus. Like, okay, this is the type of friend that I would want in my life. This is 
the person that I would want to hang out with. And I was just like swiping away, but there got a, there got to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done swiping for friends. (laughs) So I found like five really good ones. And then I like stuck to it. So that's my advice. Just figure out what you want in a friend and then immerse yourself in that community in order to find them. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely different when you're in college because you're just surrounded by people the same age as you and like interested in similar things as you and you can join a club and get to know people and all that stuff. And especially post-grad, that's a lot more difficult because you're working probably for a company where you might be the youngest person at the company. So it's harder to find friends. I definitely feel like that's something that I'm not looking forward to post-grad, but um, we still have another year. But yeah, I definitely think my biggest advice for finding friends, that that was great advice. I've actually never used Bumble BFF, but I also think I haven't dealt with the post-grad challenges of finding friends. So maybe down the line, I'll be doing that. But I think just the best thing to do is be true to yourself and know exactly who you are as a person and not be willing to compromise who you are for another person. And I feel like that's exactly the same like dating advice type thing, because I feel like at the end of the day, like whenever you're looking for a friend, you probably are looking for someone that you can continue to be friends with for a long period of time. You know, I don't know. Most people, most people aren't looking for a friend for like a day, you know? So <laughs> you want, you want to find friends that are like on the same like wavelength in life as you like doing the same things, people that'll hype you up. That's one thing I love about our podcast friend group is we all are like being really hard at whatever we do. We work hard on our podcast. We hype each other up. Like we're all going places in life. And I think that's really important. And I think that's another thing as well, just like with starting this podcast, it was something I was interested in. And that was a great way to make friends was, you know, diving into something that you're interested in and finding people that are interested in the same thing. So you took the words right out of my mouth, Kelsey. (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> so this is another one about friendships. People are asking for advice on moving on from friendships or like the quote unquote friend breakup. How do you move on from a friend who you either feel like is toxic or you feel like y'all grew apart or whatever it might be? How do you deal with that? Have you ever had this happen to you? No, I don't necessarily think so. I've had friends grow apart, but I've never had like a a very harsh, like, oh, we're no longer friends. It was just like over time. Mm, yeah, me either. Over time, we just drifted apart. And I think for me, I made the executive decision, but I don't think the person disagreed. Like, I just know that there was a point in time where I just stopped reaching out to that person. And there's like no harm in it. And I think that my advice to this question is, if you feel as though this person no longer adds value to your life and you, it's more than likely time to move on and that's okay. And I always have in my mind that they always say in marriages, marriages don't work out because they just grew apart and there is just nothing else besides the fact that people grow apart. And I think the same thing can apply to friendships. Some friendships aren't supposed to last for a year, three months, 10 years. It just depends. People grow and people evolve and I think it's okay to move on from a friendship. I think as a person trying to figure out what they want to do, whether or not they want to continue being their friend or drift apart, I think you just need to analyze the friendship, see if they're adding anything to your life. Is it something that stems from a specific instance that you haven't talked out yet? Um, And then kind of navigate it that way. Yeah, I definitely think it's also important to consider like when you spend time with them or when you're texting them or calling them or thinking about them, like, are you primarily feeling exhausted or like it's a negative negative toll on like your mental or emotional health or is it mainly happy like i think there's a big difference between getting in like a big fight and not like yet reconciling it and realizing you need to move on from somebody because i feel like it's the exact same as like dating advice that a lot of times like you'll get in a fight with your significant other but that doesn't mean that you know, they're not the one for you, or they're not good for you, or they're toxic, or whatever it is, like, just because you disagree with someone on something doesn't always mean that you shouldn't be their friend. But if at the end of the day, it's like a big deal breaker, like y'all don't align on like a moral level, or like have major life disagreements, something that you wouldn't like deal with in a relationship, like a romantic relationship, that shouldn't be something you would be dealing with in a friendship either. And you made a good point where saying that friendships and relationships, dating relationships more specifically, are very similar. If you wouldn't allow this in 
the person that you would date, why would you allow it in a friendship? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like that's something I've learned like a lot more over, I mean, I'm only 21, so it's not like over the years, but over the years, I've learned a lot that like, my friendships and my relationships, like romantic relationships are actually very similar. It's just one you're attracted to and one, you know, you're not. not. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think, I think it's definitely hard to get over that kind of friend breakup. I've never gone through like any kind of huge, like crazy friend breakup. So I don't really have great advice for that, but I know a lot of people that have and I know it's definitely hard and I would just treat it the same way you would treat like a a romantic breakup. Like take care of yourself, think about what you want, prioritize yourself. And whenever you, you know, exude that confidence into the world, those people will then come to you and you'll find new friends. The the world goes on. Life goes on. Even though it feels like right now the world is ending. The world is ending. 2020 is canceled. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. So another one, this is also, we have a lot of friend questions. Another one we got was how to get over the fear of people not liking you. Like when you're trying to make new friends and you're afraid that maybe you'll give the wrong first impression or, you know, people will meet you and automatically like dislike you. Do you have any advice? (sighs) I don't know where to begin (laughs) with this one. Okay. (laughs) So my initial thought I don't know how to get over the fear. So I'm going to give this person advice, but I I may not answer your question directly. And if that's the case, I'm sorry. (laughs) But for me, I think that you need to take a moment and assess and realize that you as an individual, and I'll use myself as an example, I don't like everybody that I meet. You're not going to like everybody that you meet and people aren't always going to like you. Some people are going to, some people might even hate you for literally no reason. And you, I know for me, there's some people I'm just like annoyed by their entire (laughs) being and they've not done a single thing to me. (laughs) It's just like a personality thing. Like y'all just clash on a personality level and that's okay. Exactly. And it's perfectly okay. And then I think we convince ourselves that we must be loved by everyone. And I was somebody that always wanted to be that way. A peacemaker, a martyr, I always wanted to at least be on good terms with somebody at all times. I didn't want anybody to like me because I felt like the only way for me to be happy was to be 100% well liked. And then I realized it, it was honestly just like a light bulb that clicked one day when I just couldn't get this one person to like me. And there was really no reason why they didn't like me. Well, maybe there is, but they never vocalized it or said it to anybody else. To this day, I don't know why they dislike me, which is a shame on them because I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, team. Exactly. So I I just came to this, (laughs) a queen, a star. (laughs) So I came (laughs) to this realization that I'm me and only me. And if someone doesn't like me or doesn't care enough to get to know me and get to know who I am as a person, then who cares? They're one person that's all and just focus on the people that do care focus on the people that do want to get to know you because there's so many people in this world one person who you probably won't see six months to a year from now doesn't matter in your life yeah yeah absolutely I think at the end of the day it comes down to self-confidence and I feel like if you are afraid of people not liking you you probably don't have the best self-confidence because I feel like whenever I'm not not to say that I'm always super confident in myself, but whenever I'm having like a really good, really good stretch of feeling really confident about who I am, I'm like, screw you if you don't like me. Like, do I care? No, because I'm not going to waste my time and energy worrying about something that I can't control. And that's like my life mantra. I feel like I've said it on this podcast before is stop worrying about things you can't control. And if someone doesn't like you for literally no reason that is valid other than that they just don't like you, that's something that's out of your control and something you shouldn't worry about. And you should say, thank you, next, goodbye. And I think it's just as simple as that. And I feel like us as women have been kind of programmed to be polite and be nice and, you know, make ourselves likable by everyone. And I feel like we've gotten to the point in the world where we've realized that that is like, that's like an expectation that the world puts on women that shouldn't be there. And we we can just as easily say, like, we don't need you in our lives. We don't need your negative energy. We, we recently, Nestle and I, did an episode on another podcast about feminism. And that's kind of what I'm drawing from right now is thinking about 
how whenever you you approach someone and they don't like you for no reason, like I feel like it's it, society makes us want to make them want us, you know, or make them like us. But when you truly embrace like who you are and be confident in who you are, you don't you won't feel the need to have the approval of other people or have them like you because you like yourself, you know who your friends are and you know they like you so there's no need to worry about it I don't know it's hard because I I've never really dealt with that fear but I feel like at the end of the day if you are confident in who you are that fear like won't even be there so maybe just work on your self-confidence no I completely agree I think a lot of these questions can come from just how you feel and how you view yourself and your confidence because having a fear of people not liking you or wanting to get over a friendship like it, these are things that stem from how you feel and where you stand as an individual and it kind of just like spirals into other aspects of your life so i completely agree i think the idea of getting over someone not liking you really does stem from if you are confident in who you are and what you bring to the table, then you wouldn't be that bothered by someone else not liking you who doesn't really have an opinion in your life. Yeah, yeah, that basically sums it up. So I thought of one extra thing when you were talking about um, people, people having to imp- if people don't like you, then that's fine. My my advice always is going into dates, interviews, meeting new people. I always tell myself that they are here to impress me. And if I don't like them, then they don't like me. And that's fine. Like, especially for dates, because I feel like people are always worried about not someone not liking me. Like, oh, what if they don't like me? What if they don't think I'm interesting enough? And then they have like this mentality that this person's opinion of you weighs so heavily on who you are as an individual and that should never be the case so always think of yourself as the person i'm the star i'm the person that needs to be impressed and if you don't like me then whatever it's fine as ariana grande said thank you next i love that (laughs) yeah see nestle over here is just radiating with (laughs) self-confidence so maybe y'all should listen to her podcast. She probably has some pretty good advice in there as well. So that's why I think she's the mom of the group because (laughs) she just has all these good self-confident advice, advices to give advices. I don't know. I don't know if that's a word, but I feel. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) It's the white claw hitting. Right. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm like a third of the way through. That's how you know I'm a lightweight. Anyway. Yeah, I definitely, I think that's great advice. I like that, like, where they're here to impress you and you're not here to impress them. That's a really good way to look at it. So if you're afraid, just feel like that. Just walk in the room and be like, who's going to impress me today? You know? Nobody? Great. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's possible. There's a lot of people, lame people out there that we don't need in our lives. So Exactly. That's the tea. All right, next one is, it's also about friendship, but we'll, we'll, in it to just dating because we kind of already talked about this um any advice on getting over a guy or a relationship if you're not into guys that's fine (laughs) this this one is a tough one to apply because okay so my um, initial thought is I think it's really hard to figure out what works for one person everybody is different everybody's relationships look different to a lot of different people I will say that getting over a relationship in any capacity and I was actually just finished recording an episode about almost relationships because I think you can be in a relationship you can be in almost relationship you can be talking to a a guy for like two days I want to hear that can't wait two weeks guys we'll we'll get there (laughs) oh my gosh yes but I was saying that in any capacity dealing with getting over someone heartbreak it's not a forever thing and I think as young adults, we experience it at a disproportionate amount because when we're young, we're going through so many relationships, whether that be friendships, but in specifically romantic relationships, we're going through so many different women, men, however you identify, trying to figure out um, who the one is. So my advice to getting over someone is just like feel all the emotions, whether that be in one day, whether or not that is for a weekend. I think you just just feel all the things because I think trying to suppress your feelings and immediately trying to move on will only set back your growth because I feel as though that you won't actually take the time to assess, say, okay, this is what I enjoyed about this relationship. This is what I didn't enjoy about this relationship. And now it's time to move on. And then once you're ready, you need to just get up. You need to do the damn thing, start over and just like start your new life, find 
new places, new people, new routine, because now you have to adjust to this quote unquote new normal, which is a term that I hate so much. (laughs) The new normal of like having this person not be in your life. So I think to get over anything, you need to fill your life with as many powerful, positive, world altering things that slowly over time, you begin to think of the person less and less because it's irrational to think that you will wake up the next day and not think about the person that was consuming your mind on a consistent basis. And now they're not Mm -hmm. in your life. So I think just consuming your mind with other passions, spending time with people who spark joy, Maria Kondo, shout out to her. <laughs> we bring people, bring people in your life that spark joy. And then like, just take it one day at a time. You're not going to feel better in one day. Yeah, I mean, I don't have great advice to give on this because I've only ever been in one relationship. So that's, I'm not like dating guru over here. But I think, like I said earlier in the episode, back to friendships, whenever a friendship ends, I feel like you can kind of deal with it the exact same way you would deal with a romantic heartbreak kind of situation, because you really do need to take that time to sit back and reflect on maybe what went wrong, what you did wrong, what they did wrong, what you're looking for in a partner, what, uh, what are your non-negotiables, all those things. And I think just immediately trying to jump into a new relationship or trying to fill the void with a new partner person is really, like Nestle said, going to push you back and like not help you grow to where you need to go because you're going to be wasting your time instead of growing and thinking about all these really important things that could put you in a better relationship going forward. You're going to be spending your time, you know, thinking about some new guy or new person that really isn't going to be in your life for very long. And you're just, you know, I feel like, that time, whether it's like a rebound person or whatever, that time that you're spending with that new person, that really isn't going to be your forever person. Most likely it's most rebound relationships never work out. And it's because you don't take the time to think about what you actually want in a relationship. You just want to fill the void. So I think it's better to fill the void with things that will help you grow, like working on your career, working on school, working on finding new passions, working on the passions that you already have and making friends in those areas, that's when you'll end up finding another person who will suit you better or will, you know, check off all the boxes for you. The only other thing that I would add, and this is more directed to women because I feel as though we feel this a lot where we think, oh, we just got out of a relationship. We've wasted time and now we need to rush out and find a new person because we have to catch up on all of the quote unquote wasted time. Yeah. That's a good thing to talk about. Let's talk and about that. I'll start off by saying that there's no such thing as wasted time. Please, please, please stop thinking this. But I, you are allowed to take the time to assess, get yourself right, and then you'll find your person when you find your person. You won't find your person trying to rush out there and date all of the men to hopefully get rushed into a new relationship so that way you can go and in a year, in two years, you can go, get back on track of your marriage, kids, all the things, which if that's what you want, that's what you want. But don't, don't try to force yourself and like propel yourself into something that you're not ready for just because you think you have lost time and you need to play catch up. Yeah, I definitely think that's something that a lot of people think. And as, as I've said so many times on this podcast, even this episode, it's all a learning experience and you needed to go through that learning experience for a reason. You needed to learn these things from a past relationship in order to have the right relationship moving forward. So I think while it may seem like you wasted time or you may be sitting here and be like, I'm 27 and just so utterly single and I thought I was going to be married by now with kids and a white picket fence oh. and a dog. And <laughs> oh, no. I, w- I too was one of those people. And now the thought, I'm, t- I'm 24 now. And in my head, in the college, well, in freshman year of um, college, I would have been engaged at this very moment. And that, like now the oh idea God, of what? engagement. Yeah, have I don't know. I was crazy. <laughs> have I told you what my, my marriage requirement is? Oh, my God. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, my God. So I... I will not get engaged or be proposed to or whatever until the guy is at minimum 26 years old, even though that's still young. I'm saying that's young. I'm not saying I'm trying to get married like super young, but that's like the minimum. 
because their brain isn't fully developed until they're 26 years old. So exactly. if I don't know this man with a fully developed brain, there is no way in hell I am marrying his ass. Like, no way. Like, I need to know who you're going to be when you're 65, which I know people change over time, obviously. But the majority, it's like proven by science that the majority of your changes in your personality and what you believe in and who you are, like, at your core as a person happen before your brain is fully developed. And by the time your brain is fully developed, you generally have like a perception of the world. And that's kind of how you operate for most of your life. And just the things that happen to you affect you as a person, but not like your brain chemistry affects you as a person anymore, which I think is really interesting. So um, he has to be 26 at minimum. Not, not mom, don't worry. I'm not rushing marriage. I'm not rushing marriage. She's listening to this right now. Hello, Kathy. We love you. She's a queen. Big fan. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my one main marriage requirement. I mean, I have other requirements, but like that's just a hard, that's a pretty a pretty hard, decent one. A hard line that you have to cross. I mean, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I I, I don't know what we were talking about before that. Just I think get we were boys. Up that boys question. are useless. Boys are useless. Okay, sister. The other thing I want to say is if you are around our age, you're under the age of 26 and you are trying to like find a man, I will let you know that there is no man on this planet under the age of 26 that has anything to offer you. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. And I know so many people that are going into college trying to get their MRS instead of, you know, their BS or, you know, everything else. They want to find their, you know, husband to take care of them. And like, hey, kudos to you. Like, girl, but unless he's like walking into a job with like six figures, I don't really know what he's going to provide for you. But okay, <laughs> go off though. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely, I think it's not until like later in life, once you've figured out your own life, that you can realize like what another person actually has to offer for you. So not to say don't date before you're 26, but go for it. Have fun. Have a great time. But I think don't take it so seriously when you're young. I mean, at the end of the day, marriage is like a huge commitment. I mean, not. I don't know why we're talking about marriage because <laughs> I'm 21 years old and I have a fire truck driving next to my apartment so hopefully things are not on fire but this conversation is on fire um, <laughs> it's so funny but yeah I think just don't take it so seriously and if you go through heartbreak like it sucks but like we can all move on we got lots to live for you're probably doing more in your life than your ex-boyfriend was like let's be honest that's, so, and that's tea you're a bad bee <laughs> that's the tea this one this one is funny any dating advice for during the pandemic? <laughs> Nestle has given up on dating. I'm just going to let you on. Oh, no. So also most of my friends are like, I'm going to be celibate until 2021. Exactly. <laughs> and I will say that when Kelsey shared with the, the show notes and she put this question in, I literally wrote as a note, LOL, don't do it. Dating can wait because I feel like that sums up. <laughs> my take on dating and I, I'll share a little bit more because I think it's relevant towards the beginning of dating during quarantine I was like oh this is cute like let me go on the apps like I'll swipe I'll talk to some guys like I'll do zoom dates horrible idea would it would it recommend <laughs> and then and then we get to the middle of quarantine where people some people are like it's kind of like okay well maybe I'll go outside and like we can have like a picnic we can go like walk outside again like really not my vibe I don't do outdoor activities like mm -hmm. I I do a full <laughs> I do a full face of makeup so for me to be and outside yet this, <laughs> and yet this girl wants to move to Seattle where it rains all the time and it's an outdoorsy city so I don't I'm just like you know the math meme that is Nestle. Listen. Like, let's just put her face behind the math meme and that will be sum up her entire existence. Listen, I, I see where it contradicts a little bit, but bear with me. The, the 700 white claws? <laughs> but bear with me. Okay, so I just don't... So, okay, so the outdoors activities, it's a no for me. Like, full face of makeup, it's waterproof, but I don't want to sweat. Like, that. Ugh, that's not cute. So now I've gotten to yeah. the point during quarantine... You don't sweat, you glisten. Ew, I, I want a matte face. <laughs> no, no. 
Um, <laughs> no dewy. I don't want dewy. That's not cute. <laughs> okay, I like a dewy makeup <laughs> moment, but it has to be intentional. I agree. Intentional dewy. Intentional. intentional dewy is cute. Yes. So now I've gotten to the point where quarantine where I'm like, I don't want quarantine pen pals anymore. And we've, Georgia has passed the phase where I would feel comfortable hanging out with someone socially distanced because like now all the cases are spiking again. So unless you want to be someone's pen pal, like just wait. I mean, you might be waiting for a while because the way that this coronavirus is panning out for us, it's not looking good. (laughs) We need that vaccine though. We need that vaccine. Someone come through. Big Pharma, this is the one time that I want you. (laughs) (laughs) So my advice on dating during quarantine, if you're someone like me that doesn't want to text someone for a long period of time before you meet them, then I would just wait. But if you're someone who thoroughly feels more comfortable, and if this is an instance where you're on the apps, you feel more comfortable texting them for a longer period of time, getting to know them, then yeah, this is the perfect time for you because nobody's meeting. So go ahead and just swipe and just be pen pals with people. But for me, I need, I don't want to text anybody for more than like a week before like setting up the mm-hmm. first date, because I feel like I come up with these expectations or I this idea of who the person is without having met them and anybody could be anybody over a text message and I don't want to zoom call you because that's just kind of awkward so (laughs) yeah yeah no I feel that I mean I think you have to first question like why are you trying to date during a pandemic like sister ask yourself that like is it because you're lonely is it because you crave human connection is it because You actually feel like you're ready to be in a relationship, but also like what kind of relationship can you be in right now? Like unless you're like already dating and like quarantining together, like what kind of relationship are you going to realistically be in? There's no like in between relationships happening. It's very black and white right now. And I think I think it's hard to get into especially if you're looking to actually get into a real relationship it's really hard to do that right now like it's just like not really possible and I feel like a lot of people are getting to the point like Nestle said where you just have accepted defeat and we'll just we'll just go to 2020 and we'll get back on hinge or whatever so I think what's another year of being single like it's (laughs) yeah yeah I mean if, especially if you're trying to go on dating apps because just because you're lonely or want someone to talk to, that is not a reason to ever be on dating apps, in my opinion. Like, I don't think that you should be trying to fill the void with random dudes on the internet. Like, that's just kind of creepy, honestly, if you think about it. So, so yeah, I would say just, yeah, don't do it, honestly. I agree. Like, I feel like at this point, since we've been in quarantine for so long and we we're just seeing how this is going and that going to extend until we essentially get a vaccine which is six to ten months probably like we just we're just going to cancel dating until we can go out in public yeah just don't do it do not pass go do not collect 200 just stay at home yes stay in jail (laughs) stay in jail literally (laughs) yeah so yeah home is jail now if we think about it I'm gonna cry. A nicer jail. Oh my god! But, yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. This house is a prison. If you know it, if you know what movie that's from, text me or DM me. I'll give you money. Just kidding. Don't lie to. Don't, don't tell them that. I'm kidding. I'm not giving you money. I don't get paid enough for this podcast. I don't get paid anything. Anyway, so that's all we have to say. I don't think dating during the pandemic is very realistic and you just have to accept that once you accept it and move on and, you know, hang out with your friends virtually slash call your mom, like you'll feel better about it. (laughs) Like You're not going to be forever alone because you can't date someone for the next six months. Like you'll be fine. We'll be fine. Right. Just fill the void with others. Don't think you have to pay, play catch up either. As soon as you're able to go outside again, like calm down. Yeah. It's okay. Yes. Don't go too wild. (laughs) Okay, this is another good... All of these are such good ones. The next one is advice on handling rejection. And I think... I mean, I guess we can talk about this in terms of any relationship, whether it be a friendship or romantic relationship, but I'm assuming they probably did it in the context of a romantic relationship. Okay. But I think, again, like I said, dating advice and friendship advice 
are generally kind of the same thing. That's very true. And in this one, it's interesting because I actually thought of, I didn't think of it in any sort of like relationship. I just thought of it holistically. So which works out because my advice, it has okay. a more holistic okay. view of it. Um, it, That's good. it took me a while. We love to, we see, love it. to see like a full picture moment. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> so my idea of handling rejection, I will start off by saying that it took me a really long time to understand rejection. A lot of in a romantic friendship setting, it honestly only like stopped being a problem for me when I realized that um, I like gained the self-confidence that I need to realize that it, it wasn't an issue and the rejection like it happens, everybody goes through it. But it's one of those instances where it's easier said than done. But in any other instances with with jobs, I think this is something that I'm a lot better at, but I still navigate through because I know my worth and I know what I can bring to the table, but you will still end up getting rejection. And it just sucks in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My advice to this is that you need to program your mind to tell yourself that rejection is a part of life and it only means something if you allow it to mean something. And not that it doesn't exist because it very, very much so does. Like rejection is a thing. We've all gone through it. And anybody who says that they've never dealt with rejection, I would love to meet them. (laughs) Just, I would love to meet them. (laughs) But what I, when I say that, I say that it has no impact on you unless you allow it to have an impact on you and it carries no weight on its own. It's you that's allowing it to weigh down on how you feel, how you interpret situations. So my advice in Navigating through that is just taking control of the way you react to it, the way that you feel, your emotions, mm-hmm. and the way that you think, and just taking more control of rejection and telling yourself, yes, this sucks, but this is allowing myself to have another opportunity, or this wasn't meant for me in this particular instance. This wasn't my person. This wasn't yeah. the job for me, anything of that nature. And then you will deal with navigating rejection a lot easier. Yeah, and like I said, my life mantra, you don't be upset about things that you can't control. I think, like Nestle said, that's incredible advice, is you you have so much power over how you react to things. So if you let it, you know, fester and, like, really bother you throughout, you know, a long period of time, that's when it will become an issue. But at the end of the day, like, rejection shouldn't be that big of an issue. It's only an issue if you let it become an issue, like she said, so... It's obviously hard to get to that point, but it goes back to self-confidence. If you're confident in who you are, you won't be afraid of being rejected because if you do get rejected, you'll be like, well, that person wasn't meant for me or they're not supposed to be in my life and that was just a sign and you can move on with your life. So yeah, I think think that's good. I mean, just be a confident girl, woman, lady, (laughs) man, Man. (laughs) however you identify. Exactly. Oh my god. And yes. like we said, the whole the whole answer to all of these questions is just be self-confident. But I know yes. I know that's so much easier said than done. But yes. I think once you are able to reach that end goal, then it, it solves so many issues that you may come across in life. Okay, last one. We're, we got one left. Advice on what to do when your family doesn't support your goals and dreams. This is kind of a heavy one to finish off with, but Let's see what Nestle has to say, because I honestly don't know, because I haven't dealt with this. So, Okay, so same. Okay, I don't know what to do. I've dealt with this in a small capacity. So when I started um, my college career, I was a nursing major. I thought I was going to be a nurse anesthetist, and that was just like something that I spoke into existence. My family, like this was our thing. And then after one class of anatomy and physiology, I realized that that was not the T. Grey's Anatomy <laughs> was a lie. Like, I oh love Grey's Anatomy. Like- Wait, okay. I have a friend who she's jumped around from what she wanted to be her whole life. But at one point, she really considered going pre-med because of Grey's Anatomy. And I just sat her down and I looked her dead in the eye. And I'm like, are you stupid? Like, <laughs> Grey's Anatomy is a drama TV show. This is not real life. And, like, she'll watch, like, a surgery documentary or something, like a medical documentary and, like, see surgery and be like, oh, my God. Like, no, I can't do that. And I'm like, sister, how do you expect to be a doctor when you can't look at blood on a TV? Like, right. I I resonate with that, which is why I wanted to be a nephesist. I just wanted to give them the yeah. drug to go to sleep. And like, that's that's yeah. fine. I'll, peace out. Those make a lot of money, though. Okay. If y'all did not know, anesthetists make a lot of money. 
So if you don't know what to do, do that. <laughs> they also get sued a lot. Please keep okay. that in mind. <laughs> well, make sure make sure whatever job you have has a good legal backing. Whatever hospital you work at has a good legal team. Anesthetists usually like have like the best legal team to support them yeah. because people will just say like, oh, they is because it's easily just easy to say like, oh, the drugs was like messed up. That's why the person like passed away. Um. Well, anyways, going back back to the death. original point. Death is a good <laughs> good podcast topic. Let's talk. A good segue. <laughs> let's let's talk about <laughs> the death of your goals and dreams. Let's go. Literally. So I think with that, I I had to pivot and I decided to do psychology. And I guess in theory, that's still technically not what I'm doing now. But it's something that I really enjoyed. I really love social psychology, um, gender psychology, and I think that that mm-hmm. has helped in help me grow as an individual and like what I stand for in my moral grounds. But obviously I'm analytics, like it helped in the capacity that I'm able to talk to people a lot better than a lot of the people on my team, because I have the social sciences background and everybody else is Mm -hmm. more of a STEM background. And that initial change, it was hard because my mom was like, what are you, what, you're not going to make any money. You're like, you're going to be broke. (laughs) I'm like, ah, okay. I was like, maybe perhaps because at, I thought I wanted to do grad school and I would love to be a psychiatrist, but that's med school and your girl just doesn't really want to do that. So I realized that if, even though my parents, they did support me, but there was that small portion of time where they kind of were like, Nestle, like, is this really what you want to do? So when I heard this question, I immediately thought of this quote by George Burns and it says, I'd rather be a failure at something I love than be successful at something I hate. And I think that really helps me figure out that I do like what I'm doing and it may have been a different way and not the most ideal way that my my parents and my family members would have wanted me to do because I'm sure they would have, if I was going to do analytics now, they probably would have would have wanted me to do something more business oriented in undergrad to like, quote unquote, make the most of my money or something like that. Yeah. So my advice to to this question would be, one, don't let others stop you from living your dreams. Two, don't let fear stop you from achieving your desires because I had the struggle of fearing that maybe if I did something different, like my parents spent so much time and energy and putting me in these instances where I could have these opportunities. And if I don't do what they say, then I like let them down and I didn't let them have the dreams that they wanted for me. But I realized that I am my own person and I have to live with the decisions that I make. So and then it ties into my last thing, which is follow your heart because it will lead you to your dreams. And I won't say that doing data analytics is the end all be all to my life, but I definitely think it is a stepping stone of what I want my end goal to be, which is to be a C-suite executive in some tech company. So yes. Queen, chief operating <laughs> officer. Let's go. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is a hard one again because I don't have personal experience with this, and my parents, like, I am technically like in the art school, and my sister is a music major in college, so we have pretty like non-traditional college majors, like something a lot of parents would probably frown upon, thinking that we're never going to make any money. Uh, And I feel very grateful that my parents have always been supportive of us no matter what uh, in terms of our career. And so I don't have any personal experience with this. And I know it's hard, especially if your parents are paying for college, if that's like if your parents don't support your college major or like where you go to college, but your parents are paying for it. It's going to it probably like makes you feel guilty or makes you feel like you're going to doubt yourself or you're second guessing yourself because you don't know like if you're making the right decision because your parents obviously think you don't. And when you're 18, 19, 20, it's very hard to navigate that time period of you transitioning into the real adult you and like you being able to take control of your decisions. And so I totally like understand why that is such like a tough thing to deal with. But I think at the end of the day, Though you might be, I don't know how old this person is or who said this and in what exact context, but I think at the end of the day, like if you have a plan, I think this is a great thing to do. If you have a plan of like where you're trying to go with whatever you're trying to do and you logically like map out a plan of like how what you're doing right now is going to help you get where you want to go, 
and like talk to your parents or talk to your friends about that and show like this is just the first step and I have a ways to go but I'm working on it I think that would help a lot of people understand maybe yeah I mean I hope that was helpful I know that that's something that's really hard to navigate and I think it might just, this is, this is not good advice, but it might just be something that you have to deal with. And yeah. once, once maybe you graduate college or once you like get into the job that you want to do and you're just living your life, living your best life, you won't really care anymore what other people think because you'll be happy doing whatever makes you happy. And if you're able to, you know, pay your bills and live the life that you want to live, like who's to say that it's wrong? even if it's your parents, even if it's your best friend, which they shouldn't be your best friend if they're going to. Yeah, you should reassess your friends if they're going to be be like talking down on whatever your dreams are. Like your your best friend should be your number one hype man. So that's all I have to say on that. That's, yeah, just just do it. You got this. There's so, if people aren't being supportive in your life, bring new people into your life. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nestle, for being on this episode. This was awesome. Why don't you go ahead and tell us kind of the main takeaway of this episode, what you want people to know about you, about what we said today, anything. Go for it. Okay. So I think the main takeaway that I would have for this episode is all about self-confidence and just owning your standard. Mm -hmm. That's something that I always say. So whether it's a job, a hobby, a friend, significant other, a parent, just know what your standards are and that they're never too high when it comes to who and what you allow in your life. And just also know that we are not meant to be anything but the sum of our experiences. And with our experiences, we are able to identify what we accept into our lives versus what we do not accept into our lives. And I think when you think of that, it'll help you navigate through life a lot more easy. Easy? I don't know if that's a proper sentence, but bear with me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just own your standard. That's the sum of what my takeaway is. That's awesome. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you? Y'all need to listen to her podcast. It's awesome. I look forward to it every week. But go ahead and plug yourself. Okay, so if you guys want to listen to my podcast, which I completely hope that you do, and I'm definitely going to have Kelsey on my podcast episode because I was Aww. just like, this needs to happen. So this will that Aww. will be coming out. So <laughs> I did not know this was happening, so now I'm excited. Yeah, she had absolutely no idea. But I'm just, so I, I've been thinking about starting this podcast series where I highlight other people. And Kelsey, you don't know anything about this because I'm literally just just now talking about it. But I want oh, you to be oh my the gosh, first y'all person. Y'all get the first take. <laughs> god wow this is real life guys dreams come true yeah so i want kelsey to be the first person so be sure that do we get to drink white claw oh of course is there white claw involved okay we need white claw to sponsor this series i'll be reaching out to white claw in a minute after this white claw please i'm spending a lot of money like please help me (laughs) i'm gonna send this episode to their pr person Oh, and be like, do. sponsor us. Please sponsor us. But yeah, go ahead and follow my podcast Instagram. It's not my problem pod. And if you want to pr- follow my personal Instagram, it's Nestle, like the chocolate company, whatever you want to call it, dot Mitchell. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much for having me on this podcast episode, Kelsey. I'm super excited. Yeah, this was so fun. I feel like it, we gave some good advice. We spilled some real tea. It was fun. It was lighthearted. Keeping it real with y'all. Um, But yeah, I hope y'all have a great rest of your week and I will see y'all in next week's episode. Bye guys.